As a business and leadership mentor, wife, and mom, I know that building a legacy business as a high-performing female entrepreneur can be overwhelming when you play many demanding roles in your life. But you know what? It doesn't have to be that way. You can be a powerful, high performer in your career, plus enjoy a fulfilling marriage and be a great mom all at the same time. Join me and my guests every week to get the inside scoop on what it really looks like to build a high growth business while living a life truly aligned with your family and personal values. Hey, hey, it's Megan. Welcome back to the Built to Last show. I am so excited to be heading into the holiday season at the time that this episode is airing. It is Christmas Eve, 2021. So I hope that you have some incredible plans to spend time with your family, with your loved ones, to enjoy the Christmas and holiday season, to enjoy the new year season, and to also take some time to rest, relax, rejuvenate, and reflect. Uh, December has been quite the month over here in the Huber household. If you listened to my last week's solo session, you heard an update on uh, my sickness that I've had for a couple of weeks. And I must say that, oh, when was it? Today's I'm recording this on a Wednesday, uh, Monday. So two days ago was the first day in about four weeks that I felt like myself again, full energy. I'm feeling so amazing right now. Very clear, really calm, really relaxed, really confident in possibility in belief about what I'm capable of, what my potential is that everything is working out in my favor, always in all ways and deeply trusting myself, trusting God and trusting the process of building and creating and designing a life and a business of my dreams while also honoring where I feel most called by God to serve in what way and in what capacity and to whom I am meant to serve. And that takes a lot of not only trust, it goes beyond that. It does take surrender beyond that. It also requires obedience because the things that we are called to do and the way in which we are called to serve, uh, it is not always what we expect. It's not always, always what we think in our own human mind, in our own flesh. And it is in my humble opinion, very necessary to strengthen our ability to discern between what is of the flesh and of our own minds and what is the calling from God and where he is asking us to go trust him and follow him. So I am feeling really fantastic. Um, I started getting sick. I was just thinking back because I've had so many conversations with people since I, I never actually tested positive for any type of illness, yet I was sicker than I've ever been in my entire life. I actually started feeling incredibly run down and had a dry cough before Thanksgiving. And I had an accountability call with the coaching team that I am working with as my coaches, I'm the client. And we were, I was kind of laughing. She was like, I'm so glad you finally feel better because she has not seen me at my best since I joined this particular mastermind. And I said, yeah, I said, when we had our onboarding call the week before I actually got really, really sick, I said, I was just looking at myself in the zoom thinking, oh my gosh, I look absolutely horrible. I look like lifeless. 
And I remember I barely spoke during my onboarding call because I, I felt so horrible. I felt just completely exhausted and depleted. And at that time, I just thought I was burned out. And then I just got, I got so sick and more than likely it was the vid. And, uh, I was totally out for about 12 days and then started getting better, able enough to have calls. And then Sean got, Sean tested positive for the vid twice. So he started getting a little sniffly and a little tired about 12 days ago. And then we found out one of our neighbors had it while Sean was with him. And he didn't tell Sean until after the, he was better. So who knows? I may have gotten him sick or he may have gotten me sick. Who knows? And, um, Sean went and got tested, tested positive, got the antibodies and he had already been taking glutathione shots and all the supplements I was taking while I was sick. And he was trying to stay away from me as much as possible, but he was having to do a little bit of taking care of me and feeding me and stuff. So he did interact with me closely. So he quarantined last week, starting on Thursday, all the way through Monday. And he is back at it, but he only had a tiny little sniffle and he was a little tired for a couple of days. So his quarantine, he felt fine. He sounds a little congested now. And again, I feel great. And all of our family, they pushed back their trip by a couple of days. We have 10 people who are going to be here for Christmas. Um, so my parents get in tomorrow, my brother and, um, his girlfriend and his girlfriend's daughter get in on Friday. I believe Sean's parents are coming Friday as well. So we'll be spending Christmas here at our house in Florida. And we were a little worried that we were not going to have the Christmas we thought we were going to have, but everybody seems to be doing well. And I hope that you and you, your family are also doing well. So there's the quick update on all things in the Huber household. And Today, something that I want to talk about, we'll just call them the three R's. I was on a coaching call earlier today with a couple of clients, three clients at a time. And we, you know, spent the first part of the call. Uh, I always have them share their celebrations. And then we go over the exact same five questions every single call. And then we review what's working really well for you. What are you, you know, what are the action steps and the behaviors you were taking last week? What are you doing this week and next week as it relates to what your overall goal is for the time that we're going to be together? And then where do you feel like something's getting in your way? And actually for the first time in two months of this particular uh, set of calls, neither one of them had anything that was getting in their way, which was really awesome. So then we got into you know, talking about the process and the system that they're following to essentially keep a steady pipeline full um, and a steady pipeline full of qualified leads that they are moving through the pipeline, qualifying them, uh, nurturing them, moving them from lead to prospect to consult call to client. And both of them are recording their highest profit months, their highest revenue months. And what they were recognizing is, you know, neither one of them are brand new in business and both of them are generating six figures in their business, but no one's immune to not being consistent. And what both of them shared 
is that one of the greatest lessons they're learning, and this is so simple, which it almost sounds like silly to talk about it because it is so simple and it's available to everybody. It's available to all of us. It's available to you. And that is two things, consistency, consistently implementing an actual system and process that produces the desired results. And then we kept talking and our call was going longer and we kind of just started like, you know, just chatting towards the end about different things. And something that I brought up to them, I said, you know, even my highest level clients who've been in business for 30 years, anytime I get a Voxer message from a client or I'm on a client call and they say to me, you know, I'm not, I'm not hitting my sales goals. I'm not making the number of sales that I want to make. And sometimes they even have a bit of a freak out moment. And again, these are clients who have mid six figure businesses a year and a lot of years of experience as an entrepreneur. And the first thing I always look at, and, and, and lots of times when clients come to a coach or a business consultant, and they are talking about not making the sales, a lot of people in their mind just want the coach to fix it. And they, they want the coach to tell them how to fix it and what to do to fix it. Like we've got some magical answer that's going to, that's going to just all of a sudden make sales come in. That's sometimes that can happen, but that's typically not the case. So I used to want to just jump in and fix it because I used to think, oh my gosh, like my client is going to be mad at me if I don't have the answer and they don't all of a sudden start getting results. And so I've really pulled back from doing that because if you're giving, giving the client a system and a pro or you're at least helping them figure out the system and process, it's going to work really well for them. And they implement it on a daily and weekly basis. It's going to produce to a point of almost being predictable uh, in terms of what the results are going to be. So the first thing I always look at is, well, tell me what you've done the last 90 days, not just the last week. Tell me what you've done the last 90 days, because the sales and revenue and profit that is coming in today is the result of your level of consistency 90 days prior. And it's on simple things like, how are you getting visible? How are you generating leads? What's that process? Once the leads come into your ecosystem, where are you sending them next? And why are you sending there, them there? And what do you want them to do next once they have gotten to that step in your ecosystem? And how are you nurturing them in a high touch way? Whether that is you or that is a team member that's a community manager or a social seller, it doesn't always have to be you. You can bring someone on your team to do that. And what does that process look like when you are nurturing someone? And in what way are you nurturing? And what are you leading them to do? How are you customizing and personalizing that the way in which you are following up with and nurturing them? And then what are you doing to qualify them to then move them into a consultation, whether that is a call or it is in direct messenger because people can buy your programs directly from direct messenger. And then how are you closing that sale? What does that process look like? And anytime a client comes to me in a moment where they're not seeing the sales, look no further than there has been a lack of consistency the 90 days leading up to when they are experiencing a slowdown or a drought or a plateau in their sales and conversions and money coming in the door. 
So we, we continue to chat about this. And then the, so the first part was consistency. And the second part was having an actual system. And most people find systems to not be the sexiest conversation to have. And they're not, um, I will take the burden of talking about systems because I know that when as entrepreneurs, we put systems in place, that is what gives us ultimate freedom. It stops us from winging it and flying by the seat of our pants, which creates a lot of internal unnecessary chaos, as well as chaos with your team and chaos in your bank account, honestly. So one of the clients said today, um, she started tracking. So one of the systems that I teach is you can do all the lead generation and sales you want, but if you are not keeping track of all the people in your pipeline and the stage that they are at in the pipeline, then again, it's crazy making internally and externally, and then you are not going to see the results that you desire. And so the client said today, I just can't believe how simple the tracking is. And now that I'm doing it, realizing how necessary it was, but before I did it, not realizing how necessary it was. So the consistency piece and the systems piece are absolutely critical. And I know I was going to say a couple of minutes ago, one of the things we were talking about with consistency. So consistency is external, right? So consistency is being consistent in the actions that we're taking. Consistency is also what your audience, your leads, your prospects, and also your own current clients, that is what they see on the visible physical plane that helps them build trust in you. So if you look at the three, the main three main reasons why people don't buy or the three main beliefs that you've got to get people to believe in so that they do buy, it's they must believe in themselves and they can do it and they're going to follow through and commit. They must believe that you are the one who can help them get there and they must believe in your process or your methodology, your philosophy, your program. Okay. So they have to believe those three things. You are not helping them believe in any, any one of those three things. If you are not visibly, physically showing up in a way that is consistent, right? So in order for someone to fork over tens of thousands of dollars to work with you, they are only going to work with someone who they trust. So you must understand how to build trust. It's consistency. How do we create consistency externally first? We'll touch on that. It's by having a system. If you don't have a system or a process in place to follow, it becomes very challenging to be consistent because you end up over expending your bandwidth and your energy, emotional, physical, spiritual, and psychological. And then you can't keep up with that. And then you have to pull back, retreat, not show up for a while. And then you go back out there. And while you're not showing up for a while, that's when it like, you know, it impacts your confidence. It impacts your belief. It impacts all those things. And you start having negative Nelly conversations in your mind. And then thus the inconsistent cycle continues. Well, where does the consistent behavior come from? Obviously it doesn't come externally. That is the byproduct. 
So where it comes from first is belief in yourself, your internal belief in yourself and turning your power on recognizing how powerful you are. So it's believing in yourself. It's believing in the possibility. It's believing in your potential. It's believing in the process. It's believing that you can create what you desire. It's also turning your power on, turning your power source on and owning your power. So when you own your power and you believe in yourself, the byproduct of that and what we, what actually happens as a result of that externally is a high degree and level of consistency, which then translates into your audience trusting you and believing in you and your audience believing that you're going to be able to get them to whatever their desired outcome is. So that's where consistency comes from. It's not like any coach or program is going to be able to give you a set of action steps or a process, and you're just going to miraculously follow it because you have it. So that leads me to the next part of the conversation we were having in our coaching session today. And uh, two, two of us um, have connections from a program that I used to be the director of many years ago. And one of the clients used to be a person who was in that program. This was like back in 2014, 2015. And um, we started talking about that topic because part of our conversation today was or all around consistency, but it was also consistently showcasing case studies. So we were having this pretty in-depth discussion about case studies and how often you should share case studies to your audience, why your audience wants to see case studies, what that does for them psychologically, how you should structure your case studies. And when I worked at the company I worked for, I played many roles and one of them was consistently collecting case studies. And sometimes I was collecting text testimonials where I'm just like collecting something that they typed up. Other times I was doing actual interviews in person when we were at live events, or I was doing interviews on, um, recording them on zoom. And, uh, one of the, one of my clients who was in that program, we were, she goes, you know, I wonder how many of those people who are the superstars in the program are still, you know, actively growing their businesses and they're still really successful. And she goes, and I wonder how many of them, um, you know, just gave up on their business and went and got a job. And I said, well, you know, it's interesting. A lot of, I said, well, I can tell you the ones who are the superstars, because I still keep up with a lot of them they're still superstars in their business. So those are the ones who were making like three to 500 K the first year in their business or while they were in that program. And then literally the next year went on to do seven figures. And every single one of them that I know of who were the superstars while I was there, they still are superstars. They're still making high six, seven figures a year in their business. And like many programs, it was a, it was a small number of them. I mean, you could count them with your hands and your feet. And then I said, you know, it's interesting. A lot of those people still have a business, but I actually know some of them personally who no longer have a business and they went and got a job or they went and um, started a network marketing business instead of doing the coaching thing, or they started working for another coach as a salesperson or a, you know, a team member or an associate coach. And so that led us to another conversation. This all ties together. Hope you're following me. It led to another conversation where we were talking about team members 
And I was sharing with them that I had a consultation call recently. And the person has a couple of part-time employees and a full-time employee. And one of the employees is basically the, the program director, which was the same position I had when I worked for a really large coaching company. I was the director of programs. And, you know, it, look, here's the deal with teams. Once you have teams, people working for you, people are going to leave. Um, you want everybody to stay with you for a long time. I mean, definitely like minimum of three years, but some people are going to leave just like I left the company I was with because I realized at a certain point, if I was actually going to live my full potential and share my voice and really figure out who I am and what I'm capable of in the world, it was going to be, it wasn't going to happen working for somebody else and building someone else's dream for them. And I felt really strongly about that. And, you know, going into that position, I had no timeline whatsoever. I had no idea when I was ever going to leave or if I was ever going to start my own business again, because I left my business to work there. I just knew I would know when it was time and it was time after a, a few years. Um, and so that led us to talking about the three R's that I'm finally getting to in this episode. And I said, the consultation call I had the other day, um, and she was talking to us because I am rolling out a program with a partner of mine on how to lead a winning team and remove yourself as a bottleneck to greater productivity and profits. And so that 90 day program where we're teaching you how to be a better leader of your team and how to lead people, how to structure you know, the, all the behind the scenes with your team, how to hold team meetings, proper team meeting agendas, how to get the most out of your team, how to be a better communicator as a leader with your team. Um, and if you're interested in that, reach out to me privately and I can talk to you about it. It's great if your company is already doing, um, I'd say around like mid six figures up to even seven figures. And you have a team of at least three people. Um, that would be a really great program for you. Anyway, one of the concerns that this person had that I was talking to about joining the program, she said, you know, I have to admit, I am kind of, I, there's certain things I don't tell the program director because I'm kind of afraid if I tell her how well we're doing and she's helping me run so much of it, what if she is thinking to herself, well, I'm just as capable to do this on my own. So I'm just going to leave and go start my own business. And that is a really common fear that a lot of entrepreneurs have with their A player team members. You know, if a team member is an A player and they are highly skilled, there isn't anything stopping them from leaving and starting their own business. And I looked at her and I said, look, I said, I get it. I was that position for somebody else's company. And I held the keys to a lot of things. And I literally helped develop the whole entire program that I was running at that company. And I said, I was one of those team members who left and probably left like a big gaping hole for a little while until it was properly filled. Um, and I said, so I get it. I understand that. But at the same time, we can't run our companies from a place of fear because we fear that our greatest team members are just going to leave because they're every, look, I'm just going to be really honest. Everybody is replaceable. I was replaceable, even though I don't believe I was like the easiest position or person to replace. I was replaceable. There was somebody else who's just as good as I was at that position. I'm sure. And so 
Okay. I'm finally getting to the R's. So we started talking about how, you know, when people start businesses and they run their businesses for a few years and they get us however far as they get, and this even happens at the seven figure level. Um, and they decide, I don't want to do this anymore. And we started discussing, I said, look, here's the reason why people running businesses stop being an entrepreneur and they just go work for someone else or get a job or go get like a six figure position working for another coaching company or like get a sales position working for a coaching company. I said, it comes down to two main things, um, risk and responsibility. And I said, that's the reason why I left my first business back in 2013, 2014. I left it because I was doing, I finally got up to making 10, 12 and $15,000 a month back in 2013 in my first coaching business. And I felt like immense pressure and responsibility to continue to produce at that level because we, let's see, it was 2014 like November, maybe Sean left his job. And so I was the only one bringing in money because he, I was bringing enough that he could leave his job and the pressure just kept, kept mounting and mounting and mounting. And I would put pressure in the category of responsibility. So I felt all this responsibility to keep growing the business, to keep making more money, to be able to pay for every single thing that we needed to pay for, to live, keep investing in the business. And I was like, Oh my God, like I couldn't, at that time in my life, I could not handle more. I could not, I couldn't handle the pressure of the, that came with that level of responsibility, not only as the business owner, but as the provider in the family. And I thought I am, if I find an opportunity to go work behind the scenes for someone else's company, I'm going to go do it. And I specifically knew I wanted to, wanted it to be in the coaching company because I also wanted to use that opportunity to learn what it actually meant to grow a multiple seven figure business. Because I knew I could do that. I just didn't feel like I could do it at the time. So when I found that opportunity, I left my whole business and I didn't have that responsibility anymore. So when you are the company owner, when you are the company owner, despite how much of a team you have, you are responsible for everything ultimately. You are responsible for, you know, building that team. You're responsible for the growth of your company. You're responsible for the growth rate of your company. You're responsible for the level of excellency in your client delivery. You're responsible for paying those team members, even getting into, you know, if that is your, if, the, if your team members, if their livelihood is working for your company, you paying them is how they're putting food on the table and paying for everything they're paying for in their entire lives. So there's this ginormous responsibility. And a lot of people get into their business and they realize it's too much for them. And then the second R is risk. And so we started talking about risk and that being why a lot of people will finally just leave their business because it is extremely risky. And for you to continue to grow your business to the next level, you have to take even bigger risks and you have to take them more often. And there are, there are financial risks involved. There are risks involved when you hire a team because you don't even know if it's going to work out or not. Um, sometimes team members can literally steal your, not steal, poach your clients. You know, they come and they work for your company 
And they're like siphoning clients off to the side and making bukus of money because your clients are working with them. Um, and you may or may not even know about it. And then they're not paying you any type of affiliate fee for that. That, that obviously happens. I have experienced that in my own business. Um, but the risk is really tremendous. You're risking putting yourself out there. You're risking vulnerability. You're risking sharing what you believe in. You're risking people disagreeing with you. Um, you're risking clients not paying. I mean, the list just goes on. And you're also risking one of my clients added the third R and she said, you're also risking, you're, you're putting, you're not risking. Well, I guess you could be, but you're putting your reputation on the line every single day. You're putting your reputation on the line in the way that you are showing up to your audience, uh, in the way that you are delivering inside of your programs and delivering at what I consider, what I like to call like the gold standard. Um, I think we really need to be bringing that back to the coaching and online space as well. Side note, uh, risking your reputation in your level of excellency in customer service, um, also in program delivery and what your clients have to say about you, risking your reputation in the industry among your team members. Obviously, like a lot of team members will, you know, if team members leave, they're not always just going off and starting their own business. They're going to go work for somebody else in the same industry. Um, so you're risking your reputation there or travels fast. Oh my gosh. I remember, um, I'm not going to gossip. I don't do that, but I remember when, um, I'll tell you who knows the most about everybody. It is audiovisual people. Oh my goodness. When I worked for the coaching company, I worked for, obviously we had live events all over the world and we had AV companies that we would hire and bring with us from the U S when we traveled around and they were doing live events for some of like the biggest names in the industry. And they knew everything because, oh my gosh, people would just like those, um, leaders would, you know, they would be with the AV guys when they were miking them up. And the AV guys would be in the green room or in team meetings and like hear all these behind the scenes conversations about what was really going on. And so they had like, oh my gosh, I should stop. They had like all the dirt on everybody and they would just tell us, oh my God, I was crazy, but that's like your reputation. So I would like hear about these people who I admired so much in the industry. And then you hear like the AV team talking about their insecurities or the things that are really going on behind the scenes or the types of conversations they would hear happening. And it's, it's almost like shocking. And some of it was literally absolutely like repulsive and disgusting and sickening. Um, but that is another podcast episode, but what I'm saying is that is your reputation on the line and news travels really fast, especially when you're doing events and you have an AV team. So note to self, if you're doing events, the AV team hears everything and they're also potentially going to go around and tell other people when they get close to them. Um, so those three R's are as an entrepreneur, you are taking great risk. You have a heightened sense of responsibility at all times. And you are also putting your reputation on the line. And as an entrepreneur, those are three things that can feel burdensome. If you allow them, they could feel like you are in a pressure cooker, but I also want you to realize that that is an honor. It's an honor 
that you get to take that type of risk. It's an honor that you get to take that type of responsibility. It's a privilege that you get to take that kind of risk. It is a privilege that you get to take that kind of responsibility. It is a privilege that you get to build up your reputation. And look, I'm going to go back to foundations here. It all starts with you believing in yourself, you believing in possibility, you trusting yourself, listening to and being obedient to God's calling on your life, following through, committing. No, I don't, you know, whether you are just getting started or you already have a seven figure company, this stuff doesn't change. This is the stuff that doesn't change at all, no matter what level you're at. It is a privilege that you get to do all the things that you're doing and being consistent, consistently showing up, consistently following the systems and processes that work, consistently having weekly team meetings, consistently communicating with your audience, with your clients, with your team, you know, always it, again, no matter what level you're at, no matter how much experience you have, no matter how much money you're making in your business, always go back to the basics, always take it back to simplicity because no matter what, there are always going to be challenges and complexities in your business. You're going to have it with clients who get disgruntled. You're going to have it with team members who don't get things in on time. You're going to have it with, you know, launches that don't go well. There's going to be plenty of opportunity for you to put out fires and for you to solve challenges. There's no reason to, to feed into that and create more complexity and more confusion just for the heck of it. So you can always go back to the basics, always go back to general growth and business principles that will not ever go out of style, no matter what is going on in society, in culture, with social media platforms, with technology, with anything, just go back to basics and keep it simple. I hope that you love today's session that kind of went in lots of different directions, but it's just where my head was at. I, again, want to thank you for such an incredible year. Thank you so much for such an incredible kickoff to this show built to last. Our first episode came out in October, just a couple of months ago, October, 2021. And we have already released over 20 episodes. We have got so many recorded interviews that I already have in the hopper scheduled out all the way through March. My calendar is scheduled out with interviews to conduct all the way through March. So we're bringing you so many incredible interviews and obviously our solo episodes every Friday. I hope you have the merriest Christmas ever. Um, Spend time with your loved ones, spend some time with yourself, resting, reflecting, rejuvenating, relaxing, and getting yourself prepared for stepping into the next level of potentiality and possibility for yourself in 2022. And if you are interested in how we can work together, go ahead and click the link below in the show notes. I have included a link for you to apply to have a business strategic session with me and to hear more about how we can support you either in our Rise to Legendary Mastermind for six and multiple six-figure entrepreneurs who are growing to seven figures or our brand new program, uh, Take the Lead, which is a 90-day program for uh, mid-six and seven-figure entrepreneurs. 
completely focused on helping you lead a winning team and removing yourself as a bottleneck from greater productivity and profit. So if you are someone who fits the qualifications of either one of those programs and you are looking for guidance, support, and wise counsel from a business growth strategist in 2022, go ahead and click the link below to get on my schedule for a business growth strategy session with me. And we will have a mutual fit conversation to see if we and how we can support you um, and your endeavors next year in 2022. So until then, happy holidays. And I will see you through the podcast ethers next week. Thank you so much for tuning into the Built to Last show. If you're loving the show and have gotten any value out of it for your business and life, would you mind doing two things? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review. Our listener reviews helps us get more visibility and reach more people just like you. Help us make a difference for more entrepreneurs by helping them grow their businesses in a way that aligns with their life, family, and core values. Thank you so much for being part of our community and tuning into the show each week.